This podcast is made possible by Paxman Scalp Cooling. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the award-winning podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, thanks for listening. Our guest today is Hiba Abdallah, a member of the BreastCancer.org community who was diagnosed with de novo metastatic breast cancer at age 36 when she was pregnant with her third child. Being diagnosed de novo means that the cancer was metastatic at first diagnosis. Hiba has been on several different treatments, including some that are known to cause hair loss. She has used cold caps during treatment three times, and she joins us today to talk about her experience with them. Hiba, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. So first, so give everybody some background. Can you tell us a little bit about your diagnosis and your first treatment? So I was diagnosed when I was pregnant, as you mentioned. I was 36 at the time, and I had a very difficult pregnancy. Um, maybe like three months into it, I was starting to have a lot of back pain and leg pain, and my OBGYN dismissed all that to just pregnancy pains. And it just kept getting worse and worse, and I had some pain in my next to the liver area and then more back pain up until like you know I started needing a cane to walk and then a walker and then at the end I had to be in a wheelchair because I really could not walk at all from the pain and it you know all of this was attributed to just pregnancy pain yikes and one day yeah and then one day my uh, the neonatologist was, you know, checking my baby. Uh, she noticed that I'm deteriorating very fast. So I told her a little bit of what's going on. She's like, you know, maybe you should, you should check that. I, I told her I had like muscle pain in, in, in my uh, around my breast area, and she's like, maybe go check it out in the see, Probably nothing, but just go check it out. And I did, and it just all of a sudden all my life changed, and I got the diagnosis of de novo breast cancer, stage four. So obviously it turned my life upside down and I had to have my baby early because I need some treatment and uh, I had him at 32, 30, yeah, 32 weeks. We had him out and I had to have a, um, a surgery on my leg because it was actually fractured. Oh, <laughs> so, Yeah. And then I started my treatment. I uh, The first line of treatment was eye grants and it was an oral treatment. It did not cause hair loss, but it did cause uh, hair thinning. It took a few months, maybe around like eight months, and then it stopped working. So I had to move to my second line of treatment, which was, was Abraxane. And that's the one that, you know, like, you know, caused hair loss. So I had to, that's when it all began, it began, the whole cold capping began. So how did you hear about cold caps? So cold caps came as part of my personal research about Abraxane. I was doing research about like the drug itself and, and what does it do to me and what side effects would it cause. And obviously, one of them was hair loss. I just had my my uh, scheduled chemo for a certain date, and I went there into the office, and I was just continuing to research things on my phone. You know, can I save my hair at all? And then like this thing came up, and I'm like, yeah, you could use cold caps or Paxman or something. I was like, oh my goodness, it could be done. I could, I can actually save my hair. But it was right there at the office, and I, you know, it was a bit too late. 
I had my friend with me, and my friend's husband is an oncologist in a different state, and I just immediately called him. I asked him, okay, can I, is this legit? Can I actually do that? And he said, you know, cold caps is not FDA approved, but they do have a Paxman machine. It has proven to, to be effective. So maybe ask, you know, at the hospital that you're getting treatment if, if they provide that. I told him, okay, can I can probably should, should I just reschedule my treatment and, and get some other day so I could get this set up? And he said, like, no, this is more important. Just start your treatment now and you can look into it. So anyways, I just did have my treatment that day, and then I looked more into it. I called around for a few companies out there. My my hospital did not have the Paxman machine there, so I did have to go, you know, the, the cold cap, you know, the manual cold cap route. Mm-hmm. And I did some research about different companies and stuff, and I called, I think it was Polar, Polar Caps, the first one I, I, I went with. They sent me the the kit in a week or so, so it was before my second treatment. And they sent me the instructions of how to, you know, how to use them and, and how to pack them in ice blocks and the whole nine yards. And I started doing them from there. So it sounds like, I don't want to interrupt you, but it sounds like you had to do a lot of the research on your own, like your oncologist and your treatment center. Nobody mentioned it to you there. Oh, no, nobody mentioned anything about that. I mean, actually, a lot of things I, you know, I do research on my own, and breastcancer.org is a great resource for, for, especially for managing side effects. And, you know, people use a lot of things like vitamins or supplements or, you know, like tricks of, about, like, for example, uh, icing your hands and feet for neuropathy and a lot of stuff that I get from breastcancer.org because of people's experiences. So that's been a great resource. But my oncologist usually would just, you know, tell me, I mean, she's a great person and a great doctor, but she would just stick to like, you know, the list of sites, this is going to happen to you probably, you know, A, B, and C. But then not so much as how to handle all these side effects, unless I ask and do deeper, you know, like inquisition into it. <laughs> but she would not like, uh, and, I, and I actually discovered that a lot of oncologists do that. It's not only her, it's just like, you know, they they think, okay, the most important thing is treating you and getting the mess under control or the cancer under control. So this is just part of life from now on. You know, you'll deal with it kind of thing. Okay. And so so it sounds like you use the kind of caps that you have to keep in a cold box with dry ice. And then also you have to, if I'm remembering right, you have to switch these caps out during your chemo treatment because they start to not be as cold. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, the, the way the cold caps work is you have to keep them on uh, dry ice for for an hour at least before you start the, the, using them. And they have to reach a certain temperature. When you get the caps from a company, they usually send you the cooler and the thermometer that you need to use and obviously the caps and either boxes or, or kind of sleeves to keep them in, to keep them protected. Uh, and then they, they reach a certain temperature and you start using them half an hour to 45 minutes before you actually get the IV treatment, the, the chemo treatment. And then you change them every 30 minutes from from there. Like every 30 minutes you change, you get a cool a colder one from the bottom and then you, you know, you, you keep and you put this back inside the box to, to recool again. And you do that throughout the treatment, and then for four hours after the treatment ends, 
So it's a significant commitment on your part in terms of both money and time, it sounds like. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I would say you would need somebody with you because, you know, it, it, when, you're, when you're hooked to all these machines and, and IVs and whatnot, it's hard for you to get up and, and get a cap from the cooler and then, you know, like defrost it a little bit so you can actually mold it into onto the head and, you know, do all that. So you need somebody to kind of do these things for you, at least initially. I mean, you know, I've done this a lot, a lot of times, and towards the end, I was like, okay, I could probably do this on my own a little bit if I don't have somebody with me that day. But definitely having somebody with with you, you know, makes it a lot more tolerable. And unfortunately, the nurses. I mean, I'm sure it depends on the place you're getting the treatment, but but in in my hospital, the nurses usually do not like help with that they have more important things to handle and they have patient things to take care of so they, they can't just you know take a chunk of their time and sit there next to me changing caps so so that's not an option okay and now i want to ask you too about any headaches or side effects because and and of course we'll get to the effectiveness of the caps but some women have mentioned i believe on our discussion boards that they got a really bad headache. I mean, I'm going to say like an ice cream headache, but I know it's probably 10,000 times worse than that. Oh, yeah. So what what was your experience there? So the first cap that goes on is like really bad. You know, you have all of a sudden just this very, very, very cold thing on your head. And it's, it's I mean, again, for those who don't, don't know, dry ice, you know, makes the, the, the cold caps reach like 50 negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, like cold. It's, it's really cold. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, like a freezer cold. It's just much, much colder. The first cap, you get this immediate headache and, you know, like kind of a nauseous feeling like, oh my goodness, what happened to me? But then as as you change the caps, because you're basically trying to maintain that state, you're trying to maintain being having your head so cold. Mm-hmm. So it gets better. It doesn't take that first shock is the, the worst. But then again, on the boards, I've read that you can take like Tylenol or something before, like two hours or an hour before you start the capping, and it does help. It does help a lot with, with the pain. Okay. Uh, you also have to prepare your, you know, cover your forehead and cover the ears and any areas of your skin that could be, you know, like you could touch the cap because you could, you, you would get like, like a frostbite oh. on, on, you know, like any skin that's not covered. They give you those like small skin things that come with, with the kit. But what I have found to work best is like the daily use pads you know like those or period pads even you just cut them you know in, in shape to, 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 sh- to shape them around your head and around the your your ears and that really helps a lot because the mole skin really tends to stick to the skin so much mm. with all the freezing sure and then when I take them, when I take them off you know like it's really painful to take them off Ooh, so the period pads are, are yeah the real period pads are actually better in that or or daily use pads are better for that for that matter uh, what a great idea yeah. and i've had a lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of nurses look at what, what is she doing with all these pads <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but you know they know me so they, they 
you know, they ask questions and I tell them and it's like, you know, mystery solved, but I'm sure it looks weird to somebody who doesn't know what's going on. So. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's uh, that's very inventive. That's great. So I know that you have small children and we talked a, l- a little bit before. That's part of the reason that you wanted to keep your hair, right? So for your kids, was that part of it? Yeah, definitely. So again, you know, the diagnosis really turned my life upside down and it was really a shock uh, to me. And even the bigger shock was the the de novo metastatic breast cancer. Because when I actually first got diagnosed, my, my uh, when I went to the surgical oncologist, she said like, you know, this is a small lump. It was less than one centimeter and we can just do a lymphectomy and you'll be fine. Even do it when you're pregnant. It's not a big deal. And then when I did an MRI just to check my lower back pain and my liver pain, they found the mess. So, you know, it just changed from like really within less than 24 hours. It, it was like, you know, you're not even a candidate for surgery for, for like, you know, mastectomy. This is this is it. You just have to live with that. You, you have to get treatment and you have to get the baby out and all that. So just it was a lot of changes all of a sudden. And, and I just needed something to be normal, you know, like... A, it's just everything was so different all of a sudden. And I had this baby on my hands and I have two other kids at home and I just wanted something. I wanted them to look at me and feel like, okay, she's not that sick dying person. She still looks like mom, you know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I decided to, to do the cold capping. And every time I feel like, okay, this is getting too much. I can't handle this. It's just making my lace so much longer. I, I remind myself that this is why I'm doing this, just for, for myself, obviously, and for my self-esteem, for my, you know, to, to raise my spirits up a little bit, but also for my kids and my family. In life, I actually, I, I, I cover outside of home because of my face. So people don't really see my hair anyways. <laughs> so it's not for, for, you know, my image outside the house, but it's just really for me and my, my family. And just to keep a sense of normalcy around the house a little bit. That's what kept me going and in, in, to use it and to do it. Like three times, actually. Three, three, on three different treatments. Okay. Okay. And I, I imagine, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it might have also given you kind of a sense of control, too. Like, it sounds like so many things were Definitely. changing so fast. Like, this was one thing you could be in charge yeah. of. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of the things, you know, with this disease are just thrown upon us and I can't really control it. All I could control is just like doing my research and seeing how I could manage my side effects and how I can manage my image. And, and this was one of them big time, definitely, you know, like I could control this. I could, I mean, obviously it might not have worked, but at least I did, I tried and I did this, you know, mm-hmm. with all, with all the things that this disease keeps throwing at me, I just try to do my best and I'm like, okay, this is how I control it. I'm I'm trying to research things and, you know, how to make my life feel better. You know, if it didn't work, at least I have no regrets. Sure. So how did the cold caps work for you? And I, I know you've used them three times. So if you could maybe talk about each time, like was one time more effective than another? I know sometimes it depends on the type of chemotherapy that you're being treated with. So tell us a little bit about the effectiveness. Of course. So uh, when I when I uh, reached out to the companies that you know I did again polar bear and uh, polar caps and then then I switched to penguin later on. They they would tell you they would ask you on which treatments you're on and then they would kind of give you an estimated guess, you know guess and 
on how how effectively it would work. You know, they would tell you, for example, some of them definitely they have 100% success rate. Some of them have 70% success rate and so on. So mine, because I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I did have that first IV treatment for Abraxane without the cold caps. And then I started on the next, on the, on the second one. I think that kind of made it not work as, as well as, as it should have been on Abraxane because I had, you know, the, my, my follicles were hit the first time, obviously, with a with with treatment. So I lost about, like, one half of my hair on Abraxane, but it didn't, like, it did not come out in, 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 in lumps. Like, you know, like, I didn't, like, have, you know, my, my hand was not full of hair falling out. Okay. It kind of just fell out uniformly. So it looks more like my hair is thinning more than it, it's just, like, I'm getting bold. So you didn't have like big bald spots. It was just kind of like evenly thinned. Evenly, yeah, evenly, evenly thin. And when I asked my doctor, you know, like I'm doing this and, and this is happening to me, she's like, you know, you know, this is a sign that it's working. And she was actually surprised because she's like, I didn't think it would work. I didn't want to tell you that. Oh, <laughs> I think it would work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it looks like it's working (laughs) because otherwise by the second or third treatment on Abraxane, you would probably have seen like a lot of bald spots on your, on your head. And at this stage, people usually uh, opt to shave their heads. So they, you know, save themselves all the heartache about like, you know, having hair fall out every day. Yeah. But, you know, she, 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 she took it as a sign that this is working. So that obviously made me, reassured me a little bit, you know, that, that it, it, it is working. And so that probably if, if this is happening to you, then, then that means it's working and your hair follicles probably are going to be saved. Like even, even if the, the hair that falls out would regrow faster than just not using anything at all. And that was true. Like I, I, I was not abraxane for about like seven months. And four months into it, you know, everything that fell out started to, to grow. Obviously, I look like a mess because <laughs> I have, like, different hair lengths. <laughs> I have, like, short, teeny, teeny bits of hair here and there and then mid-size hair and then, like, my, my regular hair length. It was just a mess. And I can't, like, I can't even cut it short because you're not supposed to Ah, okay. Uh, cut your hair right. when you're on, on the on the cap. Mm-hmm. So I just... You know, I went. I rolled with it. This is okay. It's hair, and it's covering my head, and I'm okay. Sure. The second time around, I was. I mean, I had like a few other lines of treatment between the Abraxane and the second one that caused hair loss. I had Zeloda, and then Doxel, and then Virginio, and then Parza. I had like a number of things until I had to take Halivan, and Halivan also causes hair loss. But obviously, this time I was a pro at it. <laughs> yes. I know what to expect. I just. Yep, I just called pull. I just called uh, Penguin uh, Caps, and you know, like told them when I need to start my treatment, and then they sent me the kit, and it was easy. You know, like I knew where to get the 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 dry ice from. I knew how long it takes and what to use, and so it was it was definitely a much better experience second time around, and it was more effective as well. I lost maybe like one fourth of my hair, but again, it was just it looked like thinning more than anything. And then when Halivan stopped working, again, maybe six months into Halivan, I went into something called Gem Carbo. And I can't remember one of them. They they had two treatments, Mm -hmm. uh, Gemzar and uh, Carbo something. and uh, Carboplatin. And I think one of them, I think Carboplatin is the one that causes the hair loss. Mm -hmm. The other one doesn't. And again, it was, you know, 
it's just very familiar at this point. And I also lost like maybe one fourth of my hair on that one as well. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Yeah. But then again, towards the end of the treatment, toward, you know, in a, even a few months into any of these treatments, the lost hair grows back. So that means the hair follicles are saved. Mm-hmm. And they can actually, you know, like do what they need to do. <laughs> right. Well, it's so it sounds like you almost got two, I, if this is right, you can tell me almost two benefits from using the, the cold caps. So you, you capped, sounds like quite a bit of your hair, but then it also grew in a bit faster than if you hadn't used the cold caps. Yes. I mean, I haven't tried not using them so I don't know the difference if you know right. if I hadn't used them what would, would happen right but from the boards on breastcancer.org I see that people have a hard time having their hair grow back sometimes on different treatments so I'm assuming that this is why the cold caps you know helped me a lot with, with regrowth definitely okay and so you were you were pleased with the results yeah again I mean it gave me a sense of normalcy it's, it's nice to look in the mirror and just have a familiar face looking back right at you you know I, I this is me I just you know I look maybe a little bit different my hair is a bit thin but this is me so psychologically it was helped me a lot it helped my kids a lot and and that alone made made it possible for me I mean maybe be able to put up with all the the headaches and <laughs> and the freezing cold and and you know like the inconvenience of adding at least four to five hours on top of a very long day to begin with at the chemo center. So yeah, to me that, that end justified all the, all the, pro, you know, all the issues with cold tapping. Sure. And did your, did your children notice or say anything about your hair? Do you think they noticed at all? I mean, obviously they know what I'm going through. So, so, so it's not like a secret that I'm, you know, I'm doing chemo, but they, they never said like, you know, like your hair looks thin or, you know, they, they, they actually said like, oh my God, you're, you're, it's working. You know, they, they could, they, they know, I mean, from seeing lots of movies <laughs> and stuff that people, people who do chemo, they lose their hair and I feel lose mine. So, okay. so, you know, obviously it is working. And I think they appreciate that. They never actually said that you know, like in so many words, but just, you know, look, the look in their eyes that they, you know, they can see their mom look okay and kind of healthy is, I think it made a big difference and on all of us, you know, at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, the the other, the other problem that I, I get and other people talk about it as well is how frustrating a stranger sometimes will come to you. Like, you know, you look so healthy. You, you can't have breast cancer. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. And yeah. You, can't, you can't have it both ways. I mean, you either look healthy or you don't look healthy. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. A lot of people have said that to me, especially people who maybe are on treatments where they don't lose their hair or they don't look particularly sick, but they've still got metastatic breast cancer. And exactly, it's... You know what? Not everybody who has metastatic disease looks—I don't know what to like—shriveled and scary and yeah. horribly sick. So it's it's a conundrum, and and maybe just us talking about it will help other people understand because, you know, you can still be very sick but not look like you're very sick. 
exactly 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 so so you, you know you, you don't want to look sick for your family but at the same time you want people to be understanding and supportive of you not based on how you look but just you know based on how you feel based you know like if I say I have breast cancer I do have breast cancer I'm not lying about it right <laughs> because I, I look okay right so so yeah it, it, it's kind of as you said it's a conundrum of how to keep the balance between the two but definitely you know cold tapping helped me a lot to deal with just a lot of emotional and psychological trauma that that came with the diagnosis at a at an early you know kind of an early age with having you know like young children and having my life ahead of me and this just you know kind of eased the pain a little bit mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, Hiba, you have so much experience. I want to ask you, if somebody were newly diagnosed and going to have a treatment mm-hmm. that made them lose their hair and they were considering cold caps, what would be like the top three things you would say to them? What What, what would your top three pieces of advice be? So I would say, you know, do what you you know, do you, you know, like do what you makes you feel okay with this diagnosis. It, it's, it's a lot to handle, honestly, it's, as far as just accepting that you, that one is sick and possibly dying. And it's a life changing diagnosis, really, especially if it's a stage four. Mm-hmm. Just do you. I mean, I, I know that this probably podcast is going to be heard by people of various stages of diagnosis, maybe stage zero, one, two, three, whatever. And and that actually changes the whole cold capping experience quite a bit because I, I did it personally because I thought, okay, if, if you know, once I, I came to the realization that this is going to be my life, I'm going to just be on treatment for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. one after the other. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, th- uh, when would my hair come back? You know, if, if, I, if I have treatments that cause hair loss or hair thinning, then when would my hair have a chance to grow? So that honestly played a big part of the decision as well. Okay. Maybe if I was an early stage, maybe I would like, okay, I have like six rounds of chemo and then maybe like radiotherapy or whatever. I'm not trying to belittle anybody's experiences. I know still it's it's horrible to go through any of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying personally, if I knew that this, this had some kind of end in sight, I might not have done it. Mm. I, I know personal friends who tried doing cold cap capping and they were like, uh, again, early stage uh, breast cancer and they just couldn't. They were like, you know, I'm too sick. You know, this is making me nauseous and I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, they have my utmost respect, you know, like I can't patronize somebody. Oh, you couldn't handle that. No, I mean, you, you know your body more than anybody else and you know your needs more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you can't do it, then you can't do it, mm-hmm. you know, but just know that this is an option out there and it does work. And again, if it didn't work, you, you tried your best and you gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the, the cost is, is another prohibitive uh, thing. I mean, not everybody could, could probably, you know, h- handle that cost. It, it was a struggle for me mm-hmm. for, for a little bit. And unfortunately, the insurance does not cover it. At some, at some point on one of the, the boards, I read that, some women were able to get through their insurance. So I tried doing that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, my doctor was more than willing to, to write whatever code that she needed to, for me to submit this through insurance. I think she wrote something about a hair piece or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the insurance took it for a while, for a few months. 
but then and then but then they wrote like saying we can't accept this anymore you know like this is not you know like an essential part of your treatment so we we cannot accept this through insurance so that that in itself is another factor to factor in i i mean i i wish that People know more about it, but at the same time, I wish doctors know more about it. I wish the insurance can can take some of the co- you know costs away. So, so I, I think a lot of players need to be aware of of this option and how it it can help people psychologically go through a very traumatic you know diagnosis. Okay, Heba, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your story and all that you've learned and your experiences. I think this will help a lot of people. Thank you so much, Jane, for giving me this chance. And I really hope you know this does help somebody because BreastCancer.org has been amazing for me, the resource, and just as a you know supportive tool. And, and the community out there is just so amazing people help each other without even knowing you and and they give you their their hours and hours of research and and, and googling and, and personal experience just just to support you and if, if honestly if it wasn't for them i probably would not even you know been doing cold capping so 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 i hope this helps somebody and thank you for giving me the chance to share my story and uh, everybody who's, who's struggling with breast cancer, any type of cancer, any disease, as a matter of fact, is, is in my prayer. And I hope, you know, you know, this eases their pain. And I hope everybody's healthy and happy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the BreastCancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.